Welcome to episode 265 of the More Than Just Code podcast. My name is Tim Mitchell and I am in Toronto, Ontario, and I'm joined once again by Mark Rubin in San Jose, California. Hello. And we also have Jaime Lopez Jr. returned from the UK in Seattle, Washington. How's it going? Okay. All right. Um, yes, yeah, so we have some fact check from last week. Uh, one thing was I, 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 I kind of, Jaime retweeted a, a tweet from Ethan Hunt, and, and so I was kind of wondering why that name sounded familiar to me, you know? It took me a second to figure it out, and then I realized Ethan Hunt is the name of the Tom Cruise character in the Mission Impossible series, so which apparently I may also recognize. Yeah, I've seen like all of those movies. It's yeah. been like twenty some years, I think, that they've been going on. It's like the new James yeah. Bond series. Yeah, I, well, I used to watch the Mission Impossible when I was a kid all the time. In fact, Leonard Nimoy was in that for a yeah, while. Yeah, he too. was. And who was the and, main? Uh, was it Michael Landau? Was the main guy? Michael Landau Mark, was in Martin it, and so Landau. was Barbara Martin Bain. Landau. Martin Landau and Barbara Bain were also in right, it too. They right. played. A, I don't know if they were husband and wife. They were really, and they're also the two stars of Space 1999, right? Mm-hmm. But it was Peter Graves was the was the main Mr. Phelps, right? Yeah. Anyway, so the next thing we had up here, we were talking about POSIX, and we were a little un- unclear as to whether Mac OS still is a POSIX uh, system. And it, according to this uh, Wikipedia page I found on Mac OS, it is, in fact, POSIX compliant at its core because um, it's built on top of an XNU kernel um, and has sort of standard Unix um, facilities, it says here, on the command line interface. So it is a POSIX system still to this day. That's that. And uh, Jaime, oh, hey, Jaime, do we have any Ask MTJC? We do, and it's yours. Oh, and, I ha- and even though I listened to last week's episode, I really didn't catch where this came into play. Uh, this wasn't so much, uh, this wasn't, no, this isn't follow-up. This is Ask MTJC. So I just, Carol, uh, it's funny, our, our toaster died a couple of couple of weeks ago. It's got like, Carol liked it because it had a retractable, retractable cable and it got a, like a kink in it. And uh, so it worked for about six months so with with the kink in it and it just gave up the ghost and it's not working anymore so i was poking around and i just happened to notice this key cord and of course they spelled it ki not qi cordless kitchen video and what it is is a product where uh you get a toaster a crock pot um a blender and you have this countertop which has these key uh, interfaces on them like 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 circles and you put your device down on it and apparently it has enough juice to fire up a, a crock pot or a blender so i thought or I guess a food processor, a food processor, right? So uh, I just thought that was interesting because we were been talking about why, you know, we can't have a desktop charger for our phone and our watches, but we can have a blender or a toaster, you know, using wireless charging or cordless charging. I guess they've actually said cordless charging here on this, so, so I just thought that was interesting. But you is know? it bidirectional charging? Could you could you charge? Oh no, I don't AirPods think it is. with it. I don't think it is. No, and I, 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 yeah, I wonder if you could lay your phone down on it and charge your phone while you're making your toast. In the morning. Your avocado toast, of course, right? Avocado soap. Avocado toast. All right. So let's move on to the follow-up. Um, oh, yes. And this is this is follow-up on what we were talking about with Alexa last, Alexis last week was that uh, the story about in-screen touch ID potentially signals a step backward is the title of this this article. And it was, uh, I think we talked about a similar post 
couple of weeks ago or a couple maybe a month ago about the fact that Apple I think they had filed a patent for this and uh, looks like something that could happen obviously it's not going to happen in the iPhone 11 so I guess we'll have to hold up for the iPhone 12 um, to see if this comes but uh, yeah just an interesting article here on on how they can they're working on doing uh, touch ID through the screen and of course that will eliminate face ID which I don't like like Mark said last week we all love face ID so I don't know why would why they would take a step backward and get rid of it yeah they seem to be solving a problem that doesn't exist at least for us I guess it's, it's mm-hmm, possible that mm-hmm. there are people who either face ID doesn't work well for them or or it doesn't or they just don't like it so I, I guess yeah. this would be good for them uh, from what I've heard this wouldn't replace face ID it would just be in addition to face ID which I'm okay. perfectly fine with that's you know, the more the more types of protection the better yeah yeah I, I think I you know I know for Carol because she works with her hands and she basically you know her she's always wearing the fingerprints off of her hands face or touch ID doesn't work for her at all mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. so so now that she's on a face ID phone it's like great you know? mm-hmm. yeah that's good and actually there's two articles here about LinkedIn one one is from Bloomberg and the other one is from uh, comment uh, just thought I'd put that in there so and Harmony you've got something about the Apple card case there actually is a sock coming for the phone for the card uh, no because a sock would be uh, I think a very low price of 99 if you want something premium you want this Kerf KERF Apple card case for $139 US wow which has various types of wood species maple walnut spalted I read that as salted maple and figured walnut and you can engrave on there and it's really like a little like business card case but for your beautiful apple card so that it does not get unsightly patina from your your denim jeans and your uh, regular plain jane plain old leather wallet now we should point out that 139 nine dollar price is for the premium most premium version that has figured walnut wood and a custom image if you go Mm -hmm. for the maple with no engraving at all it gets down to 39 bucks oh really is there a pine option for even less money than that is there what (laughs) a pine option Ply, ply. Um, yeah, ply or cardboard. Yeah. Um, the, uh, you can get buried in a cardboard coffin, and it's, it's dirt cheap right here. Um, no yeah. So, I, well, like the, the obvious question, the elephant in the room on this particular subject is: Can you pay for it with your Apple Card? You can, I think. I mean, I I, I paid for uh, UK hotel stuff using the uh, the fancy fancy pants. Look up these numbers inside of the wallet app. Thing oh, really? And paid for it because. Uh, what do you call it? Uh, Apple Pay on web wasn't supported by uh, these websites, but they mm. they took a, a regular old number, just like you would do in the old days. So uh, I'm not seeing the Apple Pay option here. Yeah, I, so I'm clicking through. I click through the cart, and it does not have an Apple Pay on web option apparently. Although it has some other service, mm. which which uh, I won't mention because um, I've never heard of it actually. Uh, but mm-hmm. uh, it does not appear that you can get your two percent back. You'd have to sell it. Oh really? Oh back. yes, that's an interesting point. Yeah, yeah. I guess. Yeah, if you have to use it in the number, yeah, you don't get the full cash back. So I don't know, one percent. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Mm, interesting. That's, That's like a major oversight about. on the uh, on the part of the developer here. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, tisk tisk. Yeah. All right. So, Jaime, you got some 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 explaining about uh, iOS Dev UK to tell to give us. It was great. It was great, and some things we'll have in the show notes for those of you driving at home. Uh, some links here. So, first one is a, a tweet. This is uh, from uh, Long time friend of the show and patron, Sean Marston, who I met in person at uh, iOS WK. Uh, we met waiting for the um, waiting for the train, which is an after show topic, I think, because it, it got crazy. Um, but this is us chilling at, uh, I think this is Weatherspoons in Aberystwyth, with Wales. Great, uh, great beers, great conversations with folks. Uh, let's see, the second link is 
um, yeah, passed out MDJC uh, stickers to mm-hmm. folks out there. So Tamara Jones is a developer advocate who uh, gave a session on um, server-side Swift. And then uh, Sean, again, was was very gracious in taking a photo of me while I was giving the uh, designers plus developers equals best friends forever presentation, which I, oh. I hope people enjoyed. It was, a, it was a good crowd. So I saw something, I saw a tweet from you just, just before the show about developer advocacy. Um, and you mentioned that uh, Tamara is also one. Um, so is this like a thing now? Like, like I, I know we back in the day we would have like a manufacturer representative kind of thing. Like I think I, I was doing that sort of job in the 90s where you'd, you'd go and explain to people how to use a tool or a piece of software or, or a piece of hardware. But is that is this like a new thing, like a new job that's coming out around the world? No, not really. Um, if you think about it as being a sort of a modern adaptation of the developer evangelist role, which right, yeah. you probably recognize from at least the Microsoft days. I can't speak any further than that, but like those Apple sort of has them. Apple has evangelists as well. Right, right. Um, so uh, the main gist of it is that uh, to the community, I would represent the company and to the company, I would represent the community. So really acting as oh, that, that bridge see. between the two. So hoping to liaison, liaison to use a, yes. a, a French word um, or the thing that keeps coming to my mind, honestly, and I'll, I'll find the video and we'll throw it in the show notes is that scene from office space where the two consultants come in and say, you know, so what is it that you do here? And yeah, it's like, I, I, I take the requirements from the customers and I hand them over to the engineers and like, okay, but what do you do? It's like, <laughs> I have people skills. Damn it. What's wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> Not going to lie. That's kind of going through my head. So a few times. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And Dave Okun is another uh, developer evangelist over at IBM, right? Developer advocate, I think is his actual title. Oh, okay. But yes. Same idea. Oh yeah. Advocate. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't want to go too far into it because it's, it's an area that I'm, I'm joining that community uh, from what I can tell, having researched it from, uh, from afar is that I think evangelists mm-hmm. have historically been on the, you know, here's why you should use our awesome thing in advocates right. are more the side of, Hey, our stuff is cool, but here's what will solve your problem. Even if ours tool isn't necessarily a big part or even the major part of your solution. Yeah. It's kind of, like I said before, I, when I was back in the, the early days of my career, I was doing the same sort of thing where, you know, I, we were ideally selling product to the customer, like s- supplies and things like that. But I would go in and show them how to use Photoshop on their Mac. And even though I wasn't selling Photoshop or the Mac, um, that, oh, I mean, I tried to sell the Mac, but, uh, yeah, they were, you know, the company was taking me in there to sort of develop a relationship with, with the client, that kind of thing. So that's the same sort of, I guess, a similar idea. And then so how, you're right. So like how much of your job is being the internal voice of the customer, uh, sorry, of the developer, as opposed to the voice of the customer, the voice of the develop, developer for internal meetings in your own company, as opposed to outward facing to the customer? I think that's still going to be TBD, but just off the cuff, I would assume it's 50-50, mm-hmm. a, a pretty tight balance of, you know, working internally with the engineering and product teams of, look, this is the biggest problem that people have, um, or, or this is an area that I think should be prioritized. And then to the customer side of here's this new thing that we've come up with, or here's maybe a better way you could use our tooling, but without actually, you know, you know, that, that's sort of the plan, right? But everybody has a plan until they get punched in the face. So we'll see what uh-huh. happens when I, when I start next week. Right. right. Oh, you haven't started yet. Okay. I've not started oh, yeah. yet. It is uh, com- coming up on, on Monday. Hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, best of luck to you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So let's 
let's dive into the event. I think it's what the show is going to be about. So, but first of all, before we dive in too deep, you've got this uh, poster about uh, the uh, competing product uh, from another company. Yeah, it's a little too late for you if you didn't watch the event live. But uh, notably, Apple did stream the iPhone event on YouTube for the very first time ever. And that's actually how I watched it. I uh, used my Chromecast to have things coming in uh, beautiful quality with really good closed captioning uh, on my TV. So was that like a like a, a live thing? Like it's not they haven't like published it on YouTube per se, right? I'll have to go back and look and see if they actually put the, the finalized video. I was just watching the live stream right. as it was happening and it seemed pretty close. I also had the, um, the Verge's live blog up and so I would see spoilers about five seconds, maybe ten seconds on the outside mm-hmm. or uh, things on my um, my desktop browser versus when they actually talked about it on the uh, keynote, which is useful because it made it easier for me to start taking notes, which we'll right. talk about but, for sure. You know, it's 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 interesting because we were watching it as well too, and we had two. I had my Mac, and and the person who had who's hooked up to the HDMI TV had his Mac, and and uh, they were watching it in the office. And but both streams were weren't exactly at the same time; they were a little bit out of sync, right? So my Mac was actually ahead of his in a sense. But uh, but yeah, you're right. It was interesting to turn the closed captioning on and and, and to capture capture names because they, they kind of just introduced first names and both captions had both first and last. I don't know if you noticed that at all. Oh, no, that, that, that didn't show up on the, the YouTube stream. So oh, really? for people they did not really? state the last name for, it showed the last name? Yeah, in a lot of cases, yeah. Oh, that's really weird. So let me see. Yeah, I'll dig up my notes. Anyway, um, yeah, so let's move into the... Oh, uh, is this, yeah, one more thing about the airdrop there. What, yeah, they didn't talk about this at all during the... Oh, we both posted this again. <laughs> it's so good we posted it twice. How do you say that? <laughs> it's so nice we posted it twice. Yeah. Uh, Same article, too. How about that? Yeah, yeah. If only we could check the revision to see... Well, you do... You, <laughs> I, always, I always paste them in order. Like, I don't I don't jump... I don't insert mine ahead of yours. So I'm assuming you put yours in first. So. I did, I did. And I, I just I'll assume it's easier. No, no, that's, that's fine. We don't care. <laughs> he knows well, the truth in his heart. That's why. <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm just saying, I, I always put my, my, I always put my, uh, my content. Uh, okay. You know, I can be honest with you or I can lie to you. You can, you can take it either way. I don't care. It doesn't, doesn't matter at the end of the day. It's all good content for, for the listeners. But uh, in any case, I, uh, I threw this in here because uh, Apple didn't talk about it. Surprisingly, didn't talk about it at the keynote, but I thought it was really cool. So you can, uh, with the new devices, which we'll talk about in a bit, they have a new U1, so kind of like half of U2 um, chip in there, that wireless chip that helps them pinpoint who you are pointing your phone at for airdrop purposes. So this gets around the, the common problem of, oh, um, there's like a billion people at this iOS conference. I'm trying to airdrop one person and it keeps moving around the, the little bubbles. It's like, well, if I just point my phone in their direction, it, somehow through the magic of wireless magic, it will figure out who I'm pointing at and make them the sort of like featured bubble so you can airdrop that. And they also tease at a hint at something that was distinctly not talked about in the presentation, which is the supposed like Apple tag tile competitor to like you know, put this sticker or block or whatever disk or something on your device and be able to find them when you've lost them. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. So we, we had to, we looked at it too, because it was on the slide, right? I don't know if you saw those colorful slides they had up. Those, they were amazing, those sort of summary slides mm-hmm. rather than just having mm-hmm. bullet points they actually had pictures like a pictogram um which is the new thing 
in, in note taking apparently. But uh, yeah, ultra wide um, UI uh, wireless chip, right? Uh, Apple UI chip. And um, th- yeah, the speculation was that was for that. But uh, yeah, interesting this this feature about uh, being able to point the uh, the chip, to point the phone. I guess if you point the front of the phone at somebody, which part of the phone do you point at them? We'll never know. I, I would guess the edge because you'd be looking at the phone at probably like a 20 to 45 degree angle looking at it right. yourself. So right. leading leading edge of that top edge. Yeah. So speaking of the edge, um, this obviously the, the easy joke is that next year we'll get the U2 again on our iPhone. Right. And we resurrected the album just for you, just, just to troll people. Yeah. So I was, I was telling a friend of mine about that today that that you know I still have I still have the YouTube stuff on my on my phone I never got rid of it couldn't be bothered but every time the song comes on I skip it like from one of the, from that album and uh, just the, the the sort of follow up story on that is that that a friend of mine was always whenever he, whenever he downloaded anything from Napster he would make a point of downloading a Metallica song as well somewhere Lars Ulrich sheds a tear yes <laughs> and plays that one South Park episode exactly all righty so yeah let's dig into the event so we had. Uh, uh, quite a few things to talk about, so let's let's dive in. Seven sections here. Uh, section number Seven. one, I give to the panel here. Apple Arcade was mm-hmm. shown in, in in all its glory. Yeah. Notes I took here are uh, that I, just to get things out of the way that I'm sure people want to hear about. So launches on September 19th, mm-hmm. uh, $4.99. That's $4.99 US per month right. family subscription mm-hmm. with a first month free trial or at least one month free trial. I'm oh, not sure okay. Not sure how that works. I assume you, you, you start the trial and just have to cancel it before the end of the month to make sure your credit card doesn't get uh, charged. So to, to build these apps, you have to apply, to build the games, you have to apply to Apple to, to be given permission to publish them. It's not like it's not like the app store where you can just anybody can publish, right? I believe so. Because it's uh, my notes here say 100 groundbreaking new games for iOS, Mac, and TV um, with new games every month. And I believe they have gone ahead and reached out to these specific developers to uh, get exclusives. Although from what I'm seeing on the interwebs, that might be timed exclusive, not necessarily till you know the heat death of the universe exclusives. Uh, the right. interesting thing about that is that it sounds like they're saying it's 100 combined iOS, Mac, and TV, not 100 each for iOS, Mac. Either. Right. Okay. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. I, I it interpreted as each game would be available on all, all platforms. Um, yeah. The, but the, the, I, the TV we, makes we that. We gathered that, too. It seemed to be a multi-platform requirement, right? Because all the all the imagery seemed to indicate that it would be on all three platforms, or at least two of them, right? iPad or iPad and iPhone, right? Yeah. But it, I could see iOS and Mac being pr- pretty easy to, to bridge the gap. I hadn't really thought about what that means for apple tv yeah it's so different yeah certainly because yeah. so, we have uh can't remember what they called it now the uh marzipan thing what did they call that catalyst catalyst, uh, catalyst. Yeah. you could so with that you could you could easily presumably easily convert your ios game to a mac os game so that that should take care of that but no such thing exists for the TV, and, and it seems like it. But they have controllers for the TV, though, right? Like you can have game controllers, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah so, so that would compete with the uh, you know the other game consoles, and and what's it, Stitch or whatever the other gaming thing, Jaime? Uh, PC game. Uh, there's Google's Stadium, and there is Microsoft's um, X Cloud. I want to say they call it for their service. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Tim, you're thinking mm-hmm. of the N- Nintendo Switch. No, there was there's another there's another um, online game, um, not Switch, and I know what Switch is too, Steam? but uh, I think. 
think it's called Ste- Steam. 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 Yes, right, right. Yeah. Steam. Because yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the kids have Steam controllers as well. All right. And they yeah, I missed, the- the, I missed the part about the arcade thing. Except for, the, I mean, I saw some of the games being demoed. but Yeah, it's uh, so Konami, who's well known for Metal Gear Solid and Castlevania, mm-hmm. uh, did not show that. They showed Frogger in Toy Town, which <laughs> I got to admit was not exactly the most impressive uh, demo, if you ask me. I mean, it seems like a pretty nice game. It, it's good that it doesn't have all sorts of craziness. And, and I think a big selling point for Apple Arcade is that you're not going to be afraid to have your kids rack up $500 in Smurf Berries IAPs. Right. But um, I think some of the other ones look more interesting to me, like Capcom, well-known for Street Fighter and Mega Man, also did not premiere that. They premiered Shinsekai Into the Depths, which actually looks kind of cool. You're like an uh, underwater diver fighting you know sea monsters. It would look, look nice. Um, so do you think these games are G-rated? Like, is that the idea? Because wouldn't Metal Gear be like a 17-plus, you know, mature violence, that kind of thing? Oh, sure, sure, sure. And, and a joke, because there's no way they'd do a mainline Metal Gear game, uh, irrespective of whether or not Apple has some sort of um, family friendliness rating on these. At the very least, like, Konami's going to want to charge you a minimum 30 bucks, and I'm being real generous, because it's mobile, mm. and rather than charge you 50 or 60 like they would on a console. Um, mm. For my money, I think uh, Sayonara Wild Hearts looked interesting, and I think it plays really well into what um, at least iPad does pretty well with its really unique style, and it's kind of an endless runner game with a very, very unique uh, art direction. Uh, It's sort of like a rhythm, uh, music rhythm game. They sort of described it at, so that would look kind of more like the sort of thing I'd expect for this. Hmm. But they're saying um, new games every month. And uh, and we'll see. I mean, for nothing else, I'm almost certainly going to try the one month free trial when it uh, when it becomes oh, right, available, yeah. okay. or or when some game that I'm like really interested in trying becomes available. Mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, and then so the next one on the hit parade here, number two, event number two is the Apple TV Plus. But oh, question, like one question before the arcade, I, I forgot what my question was. Is it launching in multiple countries or just US? Or do they say I, I don't have that in my notes, but I I think a lot of these things they talked about were launching in. In several countries at once. Okay. Um, I don't know the breakdown. I'm sure there will be people sadly disappointed because it couldn't possibly be all countries that they have devices right. in. Um, no, no. Uh, I, I didn't hear USA only too often for these. Right. Well, the reason why I, I, I reminded about this because I was looking at my notes from the Apple TV Plus, and that's launching in a hundred countries, and uh, that's coming out November first, and also for four ninety nine a month, which is five dollars less than what we had heard or predicted a couple of weeks ago when we talked about this. Yes. This is a brilliant price, uh, mm-hmm. particularly because you will get uh, one year of Apple TV Plus included with your purchases of iPhone, iPad, and Apple TV. Yeah, that's that's interesting. And somebody pointed out that if you just if you buy a new new phone or new Mac every year, you can get Apple TV for free. You know, until Apple TV stop. Plus. Apple TV Plus, yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, no, they did show the premiere trailer for um, C, C, their yep. uh, Jason Momoa fronted, um, I'm going to call it like their Game of Thrones equivalent, even though it's very different from Game of Thrones. It, it clearly fits that sort of place if you look at Apple TV Plus as being analogous to HBO. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't proclaim it to be available in that very first month or when it launches, so we'll see on that. But, um, you know, they'll have, some, they'll have some shows there, right? For All Mankind, Dickinson, uh, The Morning show see mm-hmm. the uh snoopy or peanuts stuff Hala, ghost rider and i missed a couple 
of the other ones that were a little too fast on the slide. Um, yeah, well, the Oprah, there's an Oprah show coming out as well. Oh, yes, that's right. That's right. So, But, it's, uh, but like, is, like, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, but is there going to be enough? I mean, is that enough content to uh, have it be, uh, you know, four ninety nine is still an awesome price compared to the other other services, but do uh, you think it's enough? I wonder about that myself. I mean, it's it, it, it may be the driver for that free for a year price uh, to just okay. get people on it until, you know, until there's there's actually more content because it doesn't seem like there's a lot of content unless they have a back catalog, which they might. You know, you go on Netflix, you go on Amazon Prime, and there's all sorts of old stuff there that, that's available for free that you might want to watch. So maybe maybe they'll have the same in addition to the new content. Yeah. Um, well, also the free the free with the purchase of the phone, you know, or whatever, or the the um, the Apple TV or, or with the hardware. Sorry, it comes with the Mac or a phone. I shouldn't say Apple TV, but but um, that gives them like a, pretty much a, a large audience to start off with, right? Is even if, even if you think of it as like a, a soft launch or whatever, right? Like it's like are, are people necessarily going to go run out and buy this, you know, off off the get go? There's an, a link that I posted down at the bottom too um, uh, from uh, John Ehrlichman. It looks like um, he's summed up all. And this is sort of almost a spot cast follow up, but he's summed up all the new services coming out: HBO Now, Netflix, Hulu, Showtime, CBS, Amazon Prime, Stars, Disney, and then Apple TV Plus. And he's got the pricings for each one of these things, and, and that's also in descending order as I just read them out there. And the total that run, runs up in U.S. dollars ninety dollars and ninety one cents per month. Um, so somebody tweeted out, "Hey, we've invented cable." But isn't there? There's also NBC in here too, isn't there? I mean, it's missing, or is that NBC Showtime? Uh, NBC Universal is coming out with theirs. This doesn't include AT&T's service. doesn't include Sky's. I mean, th- uh, we've definitely talked about the collect-em-all nature yeah, of, yeah. Uh, of streaming services. Um, yeah, if you really wanted every possible bit of content, you would be spending this much. Um, I would never, ever have all of these at once. That's just... Yeah, it's crazy. You know, that's for the Kim Kardashians and the Justin Biebers of the world, I think, to not even have to think yeah. about it. Well, maybe you get all of them with your, with your purchase of a Tesla or something like that, right? Right. <laughs> I was actually a little surprised that they didn't have some kind of a bundle where you could get mm. the arcade, TV Plus, and Apple Music, which would cost you twenty bucks for all of them. You know, if you get if you could bundle them all for like fifteen bucks at all three, yeah. I think that would pull in some people. Well, that's true. Like we did talk about bundling too in the office the other day, but but and so and I, of course I made the joke that well, why doesn't Apple provide internet? Because in Canada, you know, Rogers and probably same with Comcast, right? But Rogers provides internet cell service and TV, right? And you can bundle them all together and save five bucks per month off each service or whatever. But uh, you could, so you could have one provider for all of your, your digital download needs, right? Does Comcast do something like that? Or are there services like that that do that now for you guys? Comcast has uh, a couple of different options. You can get everything a la carte or you can get, uh, similar to what you said, um, the TV, uh, internet, and home phone service. Uh, mm-hmm. Or you can add that, they call that their triple play. Then they have the four play or quad play or something. I don't know. What they call it uh, that adds Poor place sounds weird, yeah. uh, home security. Like <laughs> oh right, yeah, yeah. They they also do have cell service, but that's separate. As far as I know, that's not bundled in for whatever reason. Yeah, but they on that. Yeah, our providers have home security as well now too. But yeah, so it's, it's odd that like I mean we've talked about this on on the other show as well too. Is like uh, like like all these disparate things and and uh, mind you, I guess you know this is this is more more proof that Apple's uh, really invested in the services side of their business, right? Um, yeah. Because it's these two things sound like a win, like you know, from from like it's an easy, it's it's like shooting fish in a barrel because they've got or they've already got the audience who trusts them, you know, as their trusted advisors to provide this kind of stuff for them, right? 
Yeah, yeah I think we're, like seeing, we're seeing Apple's long game play out so far mm-hmm. pretty successfully. We'll see. It's all about the execution now, right? They have to make it a TV service that people actually want to watch, and they have to make a, a gaming network that people actually want to play on. Uh, music has right. been a success. There's no doubt about that. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's true. That's true. I'd be right. very curious to see what they end up doing, because if you sort of pick the two polar opposites, you have either HBO, who has an astounding amount of good taste and creates hit series after hit series, right. kind of onesie twosie at a time. Or you can be Netflix, who has a massive amount of data and can A-B test its way to creating success off of smaller yeah. hits. Um, Apple is seemingly starting off with a smaller sort of HBO-esque model. But mm-hmm. I mean, think about all of those brand new devices that they're going to be selling over the coming years. And if each one of those uh, ends up with Apple TV Plus for free, they'll start getting a lot of usage data and start figuring out what is and isn't winners. Um, I mean, we, we talked about before, like when it was rumored nine ninety nine a month, like that just mm-hmm. for the backlog of stuff that they had, that was just a dumb price. Four ninety nine is a feasible price and free when you buy a device is an astoundingly good price. Well, and there's also Amazon Prime, right? Like I was talking about this today, like, you know, you have, I mean, I get Amazon Prime TV video for free and I get Amazon Music for free because I, uh, free, but sort of as part of my Prime membership, right? Which I primarily use it for shipping, right? Mm -hmm. But, you know, I I narrowly and very rarely listen to Amazon Music, you know. I do watch Prime occasionally, but only, you know, specific shows, right? I want wonder how these companies are really going to compete with the Netflixes of the world who, you know, have ubiquity already, right? Or, or is this going to slowly erode away into into Netflix's business, right? Well, Netflix is twelve ninety nine a month now. Yeah, but I mean, right. it's like, like, but but it's almost like Kleenex. It's become the, you know, there's even the Netflix and chill expression, you know, like it's become part of the vernacular. We just, you know, we were watching stuff on Netflix. You know, it's almost like Googling, you know? Yeah, but if, you know, if Apple has better stuff at half the price, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then people will switch to Apple. It's true, but I mean, but it's not just Apple. It's also, and there's also the Apple haters, sure. right? Who are who are never going to get into this, this well, part of the world. Right? They'll they'll be Apple haters, and they'll never get into it until that show that they really really have to watch is on. Apple. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they'll complain about it, but they'll be forking over their money. It's like the people who are. I'm sort of jumping the gun here, but people who are saying, "I'll never buy new uh, new uh, the, the new iPhone." Wait, it's purple. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Right, right. That's true. All right. Well, let's move on to point number three. Now, so this one, I didn't write the name of the, the, the person, but Jaws, uh, J-O-Z, or J-O-Z, as you guys would like to say, uh, presented the new iPad, which, of course, is called iPad. Um, and, he, you know, of course, Tim Cook talked about iPad OS and its distinctive experience and new capabilities. And that's what separates it out from you know, just by just other than just a name change, right? So we have this, you know, the seventh generation iPad, 10.2 inch retina display. That's three point. 5 million pixels for those of you who are counting pixels. Um, A10 Fusion chip, which is interesting because we have A13 chip in the phones, right? Um, and of course, a smart connector so you can have your, your keyboard and cover and cake and eat it too. Um, one thing I didn't, I've, I didn't realize, I have an iPad Pro and I never kind of figured out how to, I've all sort of brought my apps up from the dock and kind of pinched them to put them on the side, but I didn't realize you could swipe from the, the right edge um, to to open up uh, the, 
you know, the multi app view, the multi yeah. multi finder, or what do they call it? Multi multi something rather. I don't know, but is it multitasking? If I were to take a guess, yeah, I think it may be multitasking. Yeah, and also the the other interesting thing, I don't know if you, I'd seen it before and demoed in WWC, but again, I've never really thought about it. You know, when you bring the keyboard up, but if you pinch the keyboard, you can actually shrink it down to a small keyboard that floats on either the left or right hand side, so you can use one one finger or one hand typing. You know, which is kind of cool. So, and uh, yeah, so that's starting out at three twenty nine. Where I'm assuming it was for sixty four gig. I don't think they really said right. But three twenty nine is a good was price for an iPad. Just three ninety nine. Was it three twenty nine? I wrote three twenty nine with two ninety nine for education, and it's worth pointing out that this is the lower end iPad. This replaces yeah. that that lower end model. Um, with the rumor being that the uh, supposed October events uh, would have the Pro iPad Pro replacement. Oh, okay, true. Yeah, yeah. So, so now we have the Mini. We have the new Mini, right? And we ha- and we have a, another iPad, like a nine inch iPad, and then we have this ten point two inch iPad, and then we have the two Pros, right? The eleven and the twelve point nine. That not correct the five ipads and this is the only one that has touch id or the mini has touch id as well right and this has touch id right. and all the higher end ones mm-hmm. the pros have face id yeah and, and they didn't talk about it but in, in the screenshot that they showed it uses the original pencil right that's right, right. apple pencil support with the first gen which is very confusing mm-hmm. uh, also includes mm-hmm. the smart connector keyboard support yeah so when i was in the apple store the other day and i noticed that where they had the pencils on the on the rack and of course they had the three pencils they had the logitech crayon and then they had the OG pencil and the the new fancy uh, magnetic sided pencil. Right? What are we calling that second generation one? Pencils? I think it's the second generation, second generation pencil. I don't think they use the term series hmm. or two. I don't think they called it Apple Pencil two or anything like that. Um, so as you mentioned, three twenty nine US dollars is the base price. Uh, you can order now, and yeah. it'll be available on September thirtieth. September thirtieth. That's a pretty good price Ooh. for uh, for the entry level iPad. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, they, they're clearly uh, answering the critics from last year saying that everything was too expensive and overpriced and mm-hmm. and uh it, and it it actually feels like they're they're probably absorbing some of the tariff costs as well rather mm. than passing those on to the user which is what a lot of companies would do uh they have to be because their their prices have to be have obviously gone up their supply prices have gone up and to still offer something this cheap uh is, yeah. is a good sign and we haven't talked about ipad sales in a while but it's not it's not a big part of apple's business right it's like was it like 10 or 15 percent it was or is that services I'm thinking of? I thought it was bigger than Mac. Is it? I thought, I mean, so it's it's like iPhone is everything, right? And, yeah, yeah. You know, Mac and, and iPad and, and the wearables, which includes AirPods and, um, mm. uh, and Apple Watch is kind of a nice category. And then you have services, which has just been growing and growing. I think you're right. Like It definitely is a theme that they ready. It's not going to seem like it. And people are going to lambaste me for us yeah. for this. Uh, please send your emails, your angry emails to Tim. Um, or Greg Hewitt. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Watch that because <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, okay. So I looked it up. Uh, well, this is a little out of date. This is 2018, but the the Mac still outpaces the iPad. Uh, the Mac was 25 and a half billion in fiscal 2018, while the iPad was 18.8 billion in 2018. So mm, that's, that's still pretty good, though. Uh, but yeah, mm-hmm. according according to uh, compared to the iPhone, which is well, yeah. you know, well, not, it used to be 60%, 52 right? 52 billion in 2018. But it used to be 60% of the business. I heard right. it 
had gone down a bit, yeah. the phone, yeah. right? Yeah. So th- this year, they, they more or less, uh, even though it won't necessarily seem like it, send your angry emails to, to Greg. Um, <laughs> uh, they actually really did. Or leave did, a comment on the website, more likely. Yeah. Right. They, 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 they really did cut prices uh, across the board. And it seems, and I'm certainly not the first person to have this idea, it certainly seems as if that's playing into the services strategy of, mm-hmm. you know, if we can right. sort of hold the line or slightly cut pricing, we'll get them, you know, get them like it's very angry like, like we'll make up the money on you know apple tv plus apple news apple arcade apple music cloud yeah exactly yeah, yeah 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 that's an interesting strategy it's, it's another side of it too i mean if they could reduce the price if, if they had taken that 12.99 a month for two terabytes of space like for your family or whatever and they could say well if you if you signed up for that we would give you like a blah 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 discount on your ipad purchase or your oh your iphone you know your iphone purchase like if like other companies would do that they would sort of you know you know here Here's the price of the device, but if you want to sign up for this service too, then we'll you know we'll, we'll bring down the the cost a bit. And you know, I'm surprised. I'm, I wonder why Apple doesn't do that. Do you think it's because they don't have to do it, and people would still buy the stuff? Or what do you think? I have a question for Mark too at the end of this. I mean, maybe. Maybe they've thought about it and they're waiting until the point at which they need to pull that lever, you know, oh, maybe these are like, yeah, maybe they don't like, need to do it yet. It's yeah. like, we could make a ton of money off of this, but maybe we kind of hold out and just yeah. wait because once you move that direction, it's, it's harder yeah. to move yeah. back from it later on. You know, yeah. He's like, all right. Or something like that. To, well, you yeah. know, that used to be the old model back in like when I was talking about earlier, when in that day when I was manufacturer rep at, um, you know, we used to provide a piece of equipment to process film pretty much for free. Like a processor or whatever to develop the film in, in the pre-press days with the idea that if you have a contract with us for the for the film so it's like you know the razors and the blades we would give you the razor but we would sell you the blades is what I'm going with this right um, yeah. I mean notwithstanding the iPad's an amazing razor right, by itself right right yeah the, the problem is the, the phone is a, is a thousand dollar razor yeah well but but same token though like in the case of in the case of my plan with Rogers you know they they charge me a little bit for the for the phone um so i don't pay for i don't pay the full 1500 1599 or 1399 or what, what it costs for a pro phone up here which is that's that's the retail price because i go through rogers and they subsidize and they give me you know seven eight hundred dollars off of my off of my plant off the device because i'm signing up for a two-year commitment with them right, right? yeah we used to have that down yeah. here they got rid of that a couple of years back yeah yeah well I, I would trade that for your monthly plan which i thought that i didn't get they they talked about the monthly We'll talk about that when they get to the phone, but they did talk about uh, having the pay-as-you-go pay plan in more countries. But we'll, we'll, like I said, we'll get to that in a minute. But I, wanna, I wanted to ask you, Mark, because I know months ago we were talking about, you were talking about being in the market for a new iPad. Did you buy a new iPad? I, I did not because I because I got one from the company that I'm working for. Oh. <laughs> so, I, so that decision. Uh, so you didn't need to. Okay, okay. It made moot. Right. Oh, I see. Okay. But would you buy, so would you buy this iPad? Like, I guess that's question so this in iPad. our household yeah um you know if i if i really needed an ipad uh i mm-hmm. i think about it you know i i really like the face id so yeah. oh, so yeah. just that might be enough to get me into a pro model where and this, and right. this one i mean this one it's such a good price i'm thinking of buying one for dad yeah. actually uh because he's he's still using an old ipad i want to upgrade him right uh but um i i don't know because i really like face id i don't know that i would is this the least expensive ipad we've seen in a while like in a while yeah yeah, I think so. I mean, also, you think we're talking $2019, right? right. No, we're not talking like 20, 2000, when did they come out? 
ten. Right? Well, original. the original one was four ninety nine, wasn't it? Maybe. Yeah, something like that. Okay. I don't remember. Yeah, so so like you, I guess you said like answering the critics and bringing the price down a bit too, right? But yeah, you're right. I mean, this is like you know back in my early days of development. You know, I had at one point I probably had three or four iPads because I you know had you know, iPads for different purposes: some for development, some one for Carol, one for me, kind of thing. You know, um, I think I've owned probably twenty iPads in my in my lifetime since they well since they came out in 2010, right? Um, you know, so in fact, I saw one the other day that because like, I used to get them engraved with my company name on the back of it, and it was when I was down visiting relatives, uh, one, one of the kids had, was running around with an iPad with with my company name on the back of it. Right? <laughs> you don't remember handing it down? <laughs> no, I'm you know I don't. I think actually it was my first mini. I think my first space gray Funny. mini, right? But yeah, um, and it wasn't my first mini, right? Either, but uh, yeah. All right, well, let's move on to the watch. I guess this is the next part of our number four for those who are keeping score at home. Yeah, they had quite a bit here. I mean, they started out with the video about people whose lives were literally impacted by the the Apple Watch. You know, people discovering they had problems before uh, they occurred or people who did have problems and the uh, fall detection ended up helping them out. Um, Then they followed it up with uh, three studies that are starting up. The Apple Hearing Study, the Apple Women's Health Study, and the Apple Heart and Movement Study, including the Apple Research App, which uh, we can enroll in the US of A later this year. Yeah. By the way, it was presented by Sumble Desai. I wrote her name down. Or his name down? Her, her name, yes. Yeah, USA only. I'm done. Let's move on. No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, it, it's not like they're trying to keep Canadians out. No, I'm, no, I I'm know. It is sure, it has to do with, you know, privacy health regulations and all that, yeah, all that good stuff. And privacy and health care, Medicare, Obamacare. Um, so, yeah, this is a Series 5. I wrote down a stand, but I think that might be a typo. And the always on screen. What do you think about yeah, that? Yeah, I think that's pretty cool. It's a retina screen. You do. That's always on. Yeah. That's yeah. that's really cool. Uh, is that you or that's me? That's me. What's this all about? Is that an amber alert? Oh, it's yeah. technically it's a silver alert. I don't know what that color means. Silver, it's a silver elderly person is missing. Tim, are you okay? Yeah. No. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> <That's hard>. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Nasty. All right. I just um, speaking of because it could have been me too. <laughs> so this display is an LTPO display. And I forgot what that is. Low temperature something or other. Is that right? Can anybody remember that one? Low temperature polysilicon display. Okay. And what's the O for? Probably just because poly. PO is poly for polysilicon. PO. Oh, PO. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It has a special display driver and a special ambient sensor, and it's, it's all sort of like geared to to low energy. Uh, you know, output, I guess, especially since it's always on kind of thing, right? 18-hour mm-hmm. battery life, which you're saying is the same as the current uh, Series 4, I believe, right? Yeah, which basically means they improved the battery technology, but they added this always-on feature mm-hmm. and it, mm-hmm. and balanced it out so it just completely canceled each other out to give you exactly the same battery life as before. Right, right. Which is right, okay, because right. it's a pretty nice new feature. Yeah. It's a pretty nice feature. Yeah. Um, it might be annoying in the movie theater, though. Well, know. yeah, well, um, you know, I was wondering that. Is, is there a way to manually turn it off you'd think there would well yeah there, there's the theater mode on your watch right you can you can scroll up from the bottom and hit theater mode and it, and it just it like every time you move your wrist in a, in a movie theater like to rate you know to eat some popcorn or whatever your, your watch lights up right, right? so but, is but you put it in theater mode it doesn't always turn on, on display though that's the question well yeah, i'm sure they'll have that yeah. they'll, they'll probably have the swimming the swimming sensor as well where you lock your phone and, and it closes up the little ports and stuff like that right as well mm-hmm. but the cool feature i think a lot of people are excited about this one all the all the boy scouts in the crowd are are excited about the built-in compass, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? Which is kind of cool for orienteering work, right? And of course, they show 
a pack of, of Boy Scouts, you know, using it. And the rumored titanium and ceramic uh, came out as well, right? They did. So you'll continue to have aluminum in silver, gold, and space gray, made out mm-hmm. of 100% recycled aluminum. Uh, steel coming in gold, space black. Space black? Really? I must have written that wrong. Is that space gray? And polished black? Space, space gray, I think, yeah. yeah they, had two titaniums. they had two titaniums. One was dark, right? Right. Brushed and black diamond and ceramic comes just in white. Yeah. So I have a question. Can you say titanium? Titanium. So how come you say aluminum, but you say titanium? I was having this as an aside. He was having this very discussion with folks in the UK about aluminum. And I don't know why we spell it aluminum. Mm-hmm. They apparently do spell it aluminium. And that's why they pronounce it in the very oh, seemingly bizarre we, way. We spell it al- aluminium as well, but we also say aluminum like because we're so close to you guys, right? Yeah, we, we do not spell it the same way that uh, you do. Really? Yeah. Huh. Mind you, there's a lot of words that they say in, in England that, that even in Canada, we don't pronounce them that way. Mm-hmm. But the other thing people are excited about, believe it or not, are the Hermes bands. Right, uh, so there's there's a new black one which is which has apparently caught some eyes at, in, in our office, which was interesting. So three ninety nine with for a GPS model, right? Um, I got one ninety nine for GPS. Oh, that one ninety nine is for the for, so they're getting rid of the so my series four is now obsolete, right? And they're keeping the series three around and they're selling that one at one ninety nine, which is cool. And these are again available September twentieth, right? Mm-hmm. And four ninety nine for the cellular uh, series five. Does that mean ordering them at five a.m. Friday as well. You guys, did I think you can order, order like now if you wanted to, and it will get to you on the twentieth. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I guess they're not expecting the, the the tidal wave of orders that they will get with the next product, which we'll talk about in a minute, right? Number five. Number five is alive. What do you got there? <laughs> I mean, we have uh, the replacements of the iPhone XR. Really, it, mm-hmm. it's slightly mm-hmm. confusing, but they are calling it iPhone eleven or iPhone one one for those of you who prefer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not XI, yeah? It's not XI. It's not, uh, no longer the, the Roman numerals. Uh, yeah. Six colors, purple, uh, I might call that lilac, white, green, yellow, product red, and black. Mm. 6.1 inch liquid retina display, Dolby Atmos. They have the uh, dual camera setup, mm. uh, both with wide, one being ultra wide. 120 mm. degree angle, ultra wide, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's that's pretty cool. They've got that new portrait lighting effect and uh, the night mode, which is something that I'm really, really interested in because I've been very or jealous. stalking mode, as we were calling it, stalking mode. <laughs> well, it was very jealous. Jealous of said <laughs> mode, <laughs> you know, whatever its intentions may be, um, because it's it's really nice on the Google Pixels. Uh, super mm-hmm. nice that they've got that uh, 4K oh. resolution video at 60 frames per second. Mm-hmm. Yeah, two um, times optical zoom. The front camera is a 12 megapixel true depth wide sensor um, and gives you the slow motion slow fees, as they describe slow them. Slow fees, okay. Slow fees. Yeah. Is that like slow selfies or something? Yeah, slow <laughs> selfie. <laughs> portmanteau oh, so continuing cool. the, the fine tradition of animoji and emoji or memoji we've mm-hmm. got slofies so i have written in my notes here stereo stereoscopic depth i forget what that's about and so of course they talked about the, the image pipeline that they have with a trillion something or others so I, I, I missed that part dynamic rendering on on the images it shoots a number of images at a, at a time and you get the next gen next gen uh, smart hdr they were calling it right 
right. and the cinematic stabilization as well, which is even cool. And the zoom wheel, which we have on the iPhone 10, or I guess it's in, in... Do you guys have the zoom wheel on your... I forget, keep forgetting you guys are on iOS 13. When you take a picture, of, is there like a little circle that shows one times and you tap it, it goes to two times, but if you hold it, it brings up a wheel and you can you can adjust the zoom like you would on a, with a telephoto zoom lens? Oh, no, I don't think so. No, I think that's an iOS 13 thing. I'm looking at my phone right now. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Well, I like the idea that you can, you can, uh, you can you know, if you're taking a picture, you can tap and hold the button to shoot a short little video as well. Oh, wait a minute. I do have the zoom right? wheel. It's only, it's like a half, half circle at the bottom of the... Yeah, and you, yeah. Can, and you press and hold, and you kind of, and you, as you move your finger up so and down. It's not when you press and hold on mine. It's when you tap the mm-hmm. little one X circle at the bottom. Yeah. Oh, wait a minute. Hold it on, goes to two times, right? Yeah. Oh, okay. No, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah hold, hold on. You're right. Yeah. So you kind of, if you press and hold on it and you just, and then oh, you Oh, that's pretty cool. In. I never right. knew that existed. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, this neat. podcast is good for something, huh? <laughs> I went to a, I went to a uh, I went to um, a concert last night and I was I always shoot video at the concert and yeah I was I was using the zoom to zoom in instead of like yeah. trying to Try pinch like an idiot yeah. you know yeah. what concert was it uh, man called the Strokes I heard of it I saw them open for uh, the Foo Fighters last year and they were like it was the ticket was fifteen bucks I thought yeah I'll go see that um, coming back to the uh, the A thirteen Bionic uh, chip in this one is faster fastest ever in any iPhone according to that fa- and so the GPU. I, I, just, I, I missed what they said about the GPU. Did you catch that, Jaime? I didn't catch it during that section, but we'll we'll, we'll talk about it again when we talk about the uh, the higher grade. So they model. were talking about this fabulous GPU in the iPhone 11. And my first thought was, okay, so why can't I have Xcode on my iPad and use my phone to, to do the comp- compilation? So offloaded the way they have those external well, GPUs. The whole, like, for... the, one of the arguments about having Xcode on an iPad is you have to have a compiler that runs in the background to build the, do the machine language, right? Or they, what do you call it? Yeah, the machine language. What do you think, Mark? How do, how do we crunch those over? It's kind of an interesting idea. Um, it's an interesting idea. Yeah, the, the compilation is not, well, what I what I wonder about, so the compilation of any given file, any single file, doesn't take long at all, typically. But right. but you just right. have, you have so many different files, uh, and so you have to load one file to memory, and then dump it out, and then load the next one to memory, then out, and, then, and so you have, to, you have to do that so many times, that's what takes a long time. So with mm-hmm. this, certainly you could have the phone compile some stuff, but but I wonder if the network traffic to send all those files over to the phone and then send them back when you get the object code and then just doing that over and over and over and over and over again would would just either take a ridiculously long time or just destroy your battery life. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's there's that product called Drygen which we talked about before, where you can actually design the design your app on the iPad and then you you, you connect it to a Mac to do the comp- compiling, right? Right. Now, do you do it with a wire? No. Um, no, I can't remember. I think you I think it's wireless. You have but, to run an app on on your Mac to receive it, right? Yeah. And what I mean, you're not sending. It probably uses it. it probably uses X X code X code. Is it X code build or whatever command? Yeah. And is is it sending over just a, you know a real full project's worth of files? I, I don't know. Yeah, it's sending over images and stuff like that. But it, but like the, I think the code is kind of built in. Like it's it's not you're you're not writing Swift. You're not writing code. Okay. Yeah, yeah. 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 But and then it, when you're finished, it renders a. a a, a, an app, right? Mm-hmm. That you can run. Mm-hmm. I don't know if anybody's shipping with that style of development. Right, right. Anyway, so back to the iPhone 11, otherwise known as XR. Now, speaking of the the tenor, the ten R, uh, this apparently has one hour more battery life than what is my understanding a very massive battery life for the ten R. 
Ten hours should do last a long time. I have, I have one at work. Yeah. yeah. And also water resistant um, at a depth of two meters for 30 minutes mm. and is launching at uh, $6.99 US. Yeah, I was really surprised by that price, actually. I was uh, unhappy with that price. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a really nice price. It's uh, $50 so where, cheaper than $749. I could have sworn that the 10R launched at last year. Oh, did it launch at that? Okay, yeah, I was going to say. So so let's talk about the naming here for a minute because the big confusion last year was iPhone 10, iPhone 10, or sorry, iPhone 10s, iPhone 10s Max, and the iPhone 10R, right? So here they've got the iPhone 11, right? And then they've gone and they've added Pro to the more expensive phones. So what do you think about? I think that does that solve Apple's confusion about why this so 10R there was, is cheaper? Yeah, I was thinking about that. There's a very subtle thing that they did here, uh, which I think was the right move. Uh, last year, what they did was they made the mainline model phone, which was the 10s, 10s, as not the lowest level one. So, so the implication was if you buy the 10R, you're buying a lower level phone. Right. Yeah. And so they take away this aspirational value. It's like, oh, I'm settling for the crappier one. Yeah, that's the thinking. But this year, they did completely the opposite. They spent a lot of time talking about the iPhone 11 and made it very clear that this was the base model phone. And then if you want to have aspirations to get even something better, then you can go with the 11 Pro. So they kind of flipped it. So now a lot of people won't feel bad about buying the 11 because it's that's the base level phone. They didn't buy the... the yeah, I'm buying the phone. Right. I'm buying they didn't the buy the low end right? one, the, the second, you know, second fiddle phone. They bought the real phone. Mm-hmm. And some people will say, well, we'll just have to have the even better one. Mm-hmm. And this is kind of, I mean, they've kind of, this is how they used to do things, right? With the, with like the, you know, going back to the six and the six S, uh, six plus rather, right? There was, a, I mean, it's a little bit different because there's three of them this year, but, but I think it was the pr- a kind of a, a subtle marketing strategy that gets around the whole, oh, their baseline phone costs over a thousand dollars that they had last year. So I, th- I, so I think it makes sense from a marketing point of view. They were also pretty successful with that back in the early Mac days or the middle Mac days where they had the LC the SE, and then they had like the Quadra line, right? Right, right. Where, where you had, so if you just needed a computer for, you know, Word documents and you'd, you'd give the LC to your secretary or receptionist type person, you know, the SE would be the more senior. Yeah, you know, and you don't feel like you're settling thing. for the cheap one. Right, although LC did stand for low cost. Well, sure. <laughs> yeah. It's all marketing. Well, but they, they used to, Apple used to get beat up about the price of the Macs back in the day, and they probably, probably still, still would, you know. Yeah. Macs are still way more expensive than an equivalent of PC, even though, right. in my opinion, better, but if you go spec by spec, you can get a PC much cheaper. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that brings us to the discussion of number six, the iPhone 11 Pro, presented by Phil Schiller. Indeed. Um, it does come in two different sizes of display. So you have the 5.8-inch sort of regular Pro and the 6.5-inch Max version with haptic touch. 1,200 nits. I think a 2 million to 1 contrast ratio is what I think I wrote here. That would make sense. Uh, similar uh Spatial audio sound, the Super Retina XDR display and Dolby Atmos sound. The A13 Bionic, as you might expect. Uh, four more hours of battery life than the iPhone XS and five more hours than the iPhone XS Max. Includes the fast charge adapter in the box for the very first time, which is great. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it has that uh, third 12 megapixel telephoto camera. Well, you, talk, you forgot to talk about the colors, which, are, which they presented early on. Uh, midnight green, space yeah. gray, silver, and a new gold. Yeah. New gold. Not rose gold. It was not rose gold. I actually kind of like the midnight green one. Yeah, I yeah. do too. And I'm also impressed with the glass because one of my, I thought, you know, that back is going to look great, great in my case. Right. Um, yeah, because you're, you're always wanting to put these things in the case because I'm always worried about breaking the back glass, right? Um, 
and but they were drop testing them and all kinds. Of yeah, they had stuff, a whole video where they were just dropping them. Yeah. That, and and that also the fact the that, or the was glass, that the regular, I don't remember. That was the pro. That yeah. was the pro. But also the gas, the, the, the glass on the back is milled like with a tool, which is you know car, cutting glasses or carving glasses is challenging at best at times, right? Very interesting process because like, you normally would make a mold and you would pour the molten glass into the mold to make it back like that, right? And different 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 frosted backgrounds based on I guess based on the color of the foam, like um like the midnight green has a frosted back, but I don't know what the space gray and the silver and the gold had particularly. Did you guys catch you guys didn't catch that? I guess right? no, I, I didn't catch that that detail. I was uh, stuck with all the other folks wondering about the trypophobia aspects of the the three the three eyes looking at you in the back. Oh, is that what that's about? Okay, I wonder what that was. Yeah, yes, that yeah, for so- folks who didn't look it up, that is the fear of holes. Yeah. So we have a 12 megapixel wide camera, a 12 megapixel telephoto camera, and a 12 megapixel ultra wide angle camera. Uh, four times, four times optical zoom, which I thought was really cool, and, and 0.5 times ultra wide angle uh, shot, which sounds weird that you're going down step and to, to get uh, to get. Uh, and I've got two t- two x. I wonder if that was. But anyway, yeah. So that for from like the camera part is just like you know amazing. Like if like, I shoot a lot. Lot of photos with my phones, especially the iPhone XS. I find it was a really good, good uh, camera on it. Yeah, but I'm really interested in this ultra wide angle camera. Believe it or not, and I can make phone calls occasionally too, right? And so Phil also talked about this deep fusion process that they use. They shoot nine images at a time, and the neural engine fuses them together and, and takes the best exposure out of all. And that's uh, kind of a cool tool. And also, a new font he mentioned, the SF camera font that they added, and just for, just in there for fun. Um, and then they showed a really cool demo with, from Filmic Pro with the 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 app um, I think it's app the app is twenty ninety nine Canadian I think um, but it's it you can shoot with they've got it set up so you can shoot multiple lenses at the same time so if you're doing like a movie you can get very various aspect ratios including shooting with the front and back camera which I thought was was neat um, so you can actually have like two people talking in a, in a scene and and uh, filming the front guy and back guy at the same time right so so you, instead of having to do multiple takes and that kind of thing which would be cool and of course the Apple UI chip which you know up until now is a mystery. Um, the other interesting thing is, like and we mentioned it before, is that the 5 a.m. purchase time, which, you know, normally I would have to get up at 3 a.m. to order at midnight, your time, Pacific time. Um, but this year I order at 8 a.m. and you guys have to get up at 5 a.m. to, to join the foray of people who want to order phones. What do you think about that? I'm not going to order one at the first minute anyway, so I don't really care. <laughs> <laughs> I find it needless pandering to the East Coast when... yeah. When you know nature has decided that midnight Pacific time is clearly the right time, um, and and I say that having been somebody who uh, longtime listeners of the show might remember that I ordered an Apple Watch in Eastern time when I was at Le Chateau Montebello. Oh, that's true. Yeah, in like an animal, I had to wake up in the middle of the night to uh, to order things, you know, as you know nature intended. Um, yeah, so you can order a Friday. Well, uh, <clears throat> I guess by the time this episode goes out. I hope you did order or you paid yeah. attention during the yeah, keynote. Yeah, which one did you get, guys? Come on. <laughs> right. And uh, they'll be in people's hands on September 20th. Ooh, uh, oh, we didn't even mention pricing because I'm sure people want to know. So the regular sized model is nine starts at $9.99 US and mm-hmm. $10.99 for the max size. So if you, so the max with 500, so it comes with 64 gig, 256 gig, and 512 gig. So what does the max cost with 512 um, gig in the US? 
I will have to look. I didn't look. It's, 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 I think it's over $2,000 in Canada. Let's see. Viewing pricing here. Do, do, do. iPhone Pro. I am not going to trade in. I want the Max. Let's go with gold. Let's go with <laughs> 512 gigs. That is $1,449 US. $1,400? With 512 gigs? Yeah. Yeah, 512 gigs. I'm just curious. Do you actually use 500 gigs on a phone? No. I mean, I've, I, I have two. 56 on my my uh my 10s and uh i think i use like i think i have 160 170 gigabytes free mm-hmm. you know yeah i don't th- and and a lot of people like if they have a macbook air they probably don't have that much space right. on their 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 mac yeah. right so 599 with trade-in Ooh, that's interesting i have a 256 gig and i'm only using 81 gigs hmm. oh wait a minute this is canada no this is u.s <laughs> <laughs> no, I, just saw, I just saw the I, no, I just saw the twenty four ninety five per month. I got excited. Yeah. Sorry, folks, those of you driving at home, and you switched to Canada. <sighs> that was disappointing. <laughs> Exchange rate tells me I would expect one thousand nine hundred ten dollars and twenty nine cents in Canadian for starting uh, for the uh, five twelve gig. How much did you say? Uh, one thousand nine hundred ten. Assuming uh, that one United States dollar equals one point three two Canadian dollars. According no, to no, no. You forgot to factor in the the. Uh, crossing the border bump that they always add to every, all of our products. So here, the 512 gig in Midnight Green would be $1,999. One do- $1 short of $2,000. For the Max or for the non-Max? For the Max... Oh, wait. Yes. For the iPhone 11 Pro Max, 6.5-inch display, midnight green with 512 gigs of, of uh, storage. More than my wife's MacBook Air. You could put Xcode on this thing. <laughs> <laughs> you still have room for all your music. Yeah, it's a fun. So are you getting one, Jaime? I guess we were on the table, right? Mark, you're not getting one, right? Well, I don't know. Wait, aren't you on the upgrade program? Yeah. Yeah, but I never used it. That was a, that was a bust. Oh, yeah. was it? I never used it. So what, do you, what, do you, what do you have now? I still have... My personal phone is, is still a 10, mm-hmm. uh, but I have a... 10s from work. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I guess when when work is providing you with equipment, what do you what do you need to? Yeah, I don't know if they're gonna. I need to f- update my equipment. We'll find out. Mm-hmm. Before we do the uh, the around the table sort of thing of, of who's getting what, uh, number seven, they brought yeah. out uh, retail, headed by Deirdre O'Brien, mm-hmm. where they talked about some some interesting things here. So the Apple Watch experience in store, where you can go right. and, and try out all the different models, uh, fit any band that you want, get any color combo you want um the reopening of the apple fifth avenue store on mm-hmm. uh, september 20th and the thing that might might sway me a bit here is the trade-in values that they're giving so i wrote notes here that an iphone 11 with an iphone 8 plus trade-in will be 399 dollars or 17 dollars a month iphone 11 pro with an iphone 10 trade-in is 599 or 25 dollars a month and an iphone 11 pro max with an iphone 10 trade-in is 699 or 29 dollars a month 699 from with an iPhone 10 trade-in, mm-hmm. not an iPhone 10s. I wrote iPhone 10, and I think I got that from a screenshot that I took from uh, from The Verge. Really? Huh. I, I, th- I looked at the the trade-in prices for Canadian phones, and they, they weren't that great. You know, I think my buyout on my on my phone on my 10s is five or six hundred bucks right now, and um, yeah, I don't know if that would work out for me. Yeah, when I looked, um, a note that I wrote here when I checked the uh, the trade-in pricing, so Apple was going to give me roughly about. 
$400 for the iPhone 10 mm-hmm. um, and I compared with gazelle.com and they would only give 360 Oh, really? Yeah, now, yeah. I was going to check uh, Orchard as well. Now, granted, you might get, you know, better value if you hold out and sell it yourself on like, you know, eBay or something. But um, for the, the ease and comfort of just flat out swapping down there, that might, that might sway some people, uh, especially when you have the option of doing it as like a, like a payment plan or like a, a monthly subscription, if you think of it that way, the $25 a month, $17 a month or $29 a month. Mm-hmm. Interesting stuff. Yeah. So, so maybe now's the time we do the, uh, the around the horn, you know, so one through seven here, I guess. So, uh, Apple arcade, anybody, anybody going to do anything other than the free trial for that? Nope. Yeah. I don't, I don't think I'll do anything beyond the free trial. Uh, Apple TV plus. Probably not. Probably not for me too, because I'm strongly thinking of buying a new Mac at some point. So <laughs> that's true. I'm I'm going to, I'm going to buy a new Mac too. So at some point, yeah, that's true. Yeah. My, I, mind I, you, I will be buying a phone, so I might be able to get it that way too. Right. Yeah. I, I think I'm waiting for C like all of C to come out. Um, before I would jump on there uh, unless I buy a hardware purchase that qualifies for the free year. But uh, are, are, are the shows all coming out at once or, or that one, that particular one's coming out later, you're saying? I think they're going to come out in some sort of staggered form. And I think I'd read that there was some blended model of how they were going to do the episodes that... Uh, mm. Sort of traditionally, there's the Netflix model of all episodes at once. Then there's right. the uh, CBS All Access model of stringing you out one episode per week. This one supposedly would have three episodes at once and then weekly thereafter. Hmm. So start off with a binge, I guess, and then and then tease you through the, the months of service subscription pricing. So are you going to get the service? You're going to wait for C, right? I th- I'm definitely going to wait for C. That's, that's the the one I want to watch. Um, and and okay. whether I pay directly for it or if I get it through a purchase of something like a MacBook Pro or something. We'll, will be, uh, you know, up for debate, I guess. Right. So I'm definitely not going to get it on, on month one because I'm going to wait till this supposed October event and hopefully the 16-inch MacBook Pro that's rumored. Right, right. What about um, the iPad? iPad. Uh, my iPad Pro is totally fine, so holding on to that. Which Tam one do you Mark. have? Do you have the, the 10.5? 10.5, 10.2, whatever it is, when they came out with that size of iPad Pro. Yeah, Carol has that one too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nice it sounds like, you know, maybe maybe Mark, but like for your dad or something, not for yourself. Yeah, I think about buying one for my dad. Yeah, certainly not for me, iPad Pro. Right. And then Tim, I don't know. I don't recall if you said something during that segment. I'm pro- I'm looking at the 11-inch Pro, so probably not. No, I'm, I'm definitely into the pencil for sure. Um, I have my iPad Pro, to, I have the, original, the OG iPad okay. Pro, uh, and I like that one. So Although I find it a bit too big. It's sort of going around, but I like the original original format of iPad, so 11 inches close to that. So Apple Watches, what are you doing there, folks? That's an interesting one. I really like the always-on, mm-hmm. but... You you have a watch through work right now. Yeah, you don't have a yeah and, I, and the truth is I don't use it that often, so it's hard for me to rationalize buying a whole new one, although I really do like the always-on. How about you, Hami? Yeah, I'm very happy with my Series 3. However, um, I definitely liked back in the Series 2 days, I want to say, when the ceramic one came out, I had a, a coworker who had a ceramic that I just loved. Yeah, but they're like a thousand bucks, though, aren't they? It's like twelve ninety nine, I think, when I looked it up on the crazy. Yeah. So it, is, um, it does look wonderful, though, right? Yeah. So it's um, it's not a day one purchase for me. I think I'm going to go to the Apple Store, experience the Apple Watch experience, and see whether I, I truly do want the titanium or the ceramic. Yeah, yeah. So it's still kind of a TBD. Um, I mean, a twelve ninety nine kind of feels like it should qualify for free apple tv plus but uh mm-hmm. i'm not the one who decides that so I, I, I we were talking about this the other day too do you have you guys ever heard of anybody who bought that what was the, the i don't want to say experience watch you know, remember the, the, very the edition? edition i don't, I don't yeah. roll with people who have 10k to spend on 
on a gold was watch. It Ten or tw- or twenty k. Uh, there was a seventeen thousand right. dollar version as well. Yes. I wonder how they feel now. <laughs> well, if they bought that one, they don't care. Right. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's true. I'm sure Dennis Dennis uh, not so not Dennis. Well, I was going to say Dennis Rodman, but really, who I was thinking was Kevin Durant is perfectly happy with mm-hmm. his fifteen thousand dollar watch. Right. <laughs> not that I know for okay. sure that he has one, but he probably has one. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, so I'm wondering I mean, if Antonio Brown well, has one with the nine million dollars he just got from the Patriots. Yeah. He's going to need that for his legal well, defense. Might, I think. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. Um, in lighter news, the 11 and the 11 Pro. Anybody anybody getting one of those? I would probably go 11 Pro, not a Max. I would probably go 11 Pro. Yeah. I'm on the fence. Um, I don't really need a new phone, By the way, midnight it's, green for me, by yeah, the way. Me too. I'd continue going with silver. It's kind of my, my style. I've been using the silver for, for a very long time. Mm. Um, I was thinking, well, you know, I don't know. There's enough in this phone for me to go. And I was like, hmm. That Have you guys played pretty with the nice AR for the iPhone 10 with the with the midnight green phone? So yeah. Have you played? Yeah. If you if you go to the Apple website mm. and you and you look at the phone, you can actually load up the an AR experience and and sort of see how big it is. You know, see it, like have it float around on your desk and stuff like that. Oh, here I am on the Mac on the website looking for that button and that doesn't work. <laughs> what do you mean? On my Mac? Does oh. <laughs> <laughs> it have to use like Photo Booth or something? Yeah. Like, ooh, it's floating near your head. Yeah, yeah. Let me go to the phone. Yeah. Are you, I think the really nice trade-in for the iPhone 10 taking off 400 bucks for the 11 Pro seems like a really nice thing. Like I've I've gone caseless with this thing and I keep it in darn near flawless condition. Mm-hmm. So I'm sorry, was it a 10 or a 10s? Really, I mean, a 10. Yeah, okay. Yeah, they offered me 400 for mine as well. Mm-hmm. Mine so has been I, in a case since day one, so it's in perfect condition. Sorry, Even though I, I wouldn't have to. Uh, why do I say have to? Like I'm, I'm a night owl. Like it was convenient for me to do midnight. Uh, 5 a.m. is actually quite inconvenient for me. Yeah, yeah. That's, um, what I, that's what I was going with that. I don't think I'm going to inconvenience myself to do it on day one. I might go try it out at the store, mm-hmm. see how I feel. As long as I'm going to be dropping off to you know to go see the Apple Watch thing and maybe just, I was going to say walk out the door with both, but I'm not going to steal them. I'm going to purchase them and walk out with both hypothetically. Yeah. yeah in my case, you know, I'm, uh, I was really happy with the, uh, the service I got from Apple when I went to get the replacement phone after the Hawaii trip. Um, so I think I, I definitely would recommend to people if you can, if you can do it, go into the store and deal with the, the people in the Apple store, uh, the, the, the people handing out the, the phones. Cause yeah, if you're, especially if you're tied into a, a Bell or a Rogers like I am, um, it was much more convenient to stand there and look at the look at their iPad and look at your your pricing options and see what kind of like I had loyalty options which I would never have known about if I called into Rogers they wouldn't have told me about it right um, so I was able to you know trade in my old phone get a really good deal and get a good price on on the, uh, the iPhone XS I bought last last April I guess right um, yeah so I, I would recommend people do that if you can I mean if you, unless you have to order it and be on the first day and blah 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 and, and you're buying it outright then. Yeah, more power to you, right? Are we done with the uh, event? I think so. I think we covered all of the, the various sections. Right. So the cool thing that, that I saw today, so I, as part of this this purchase I got was was Rogers last year started, instead of having to pay 275 or whatever it is for, for Apple 
Care Plus on this phone. I always like to get Apple Care, as you guys know, right? Um, but uh, instead of instead of having to pay the full thing, they just added ten dollars to my my monthly bill um, to get the Apple Care Apple Care Plus plan on my phone. And but now Apple is offering that. Um, I've got a link here from Apple Insider to anybody um, that can, that can get for uh, the iPhone, iPad, and watch. Um, and in fact, there's a way you can get it to extend the warranty for five years if you play your cards right. Um, whereas normally the Apple Care Plus is only for two years. This does not apply to the Macs because the, Mac, the Macintoshes are still uh, using the Apple Care No Plus at the end of it. Um, and you get you know two incidents per year. Um, you know so and, and like but an incident is like breaking a screen or, or dropping it in, in the water and not retrieving it fast enough. Um, but yeah, it's kind of uh, kind of cool. And yeah, the whole idea behind the the five year thing is is till Apple calls it vintage. It says here in the article. Um, so yeah, I think that's cool. Like for people who don't want to you know fork out the money up front for something that they may feel that they don't need. Um, yeah, and you can start it within sixty days of product purchase. You don't have to do it right away. Like you have to like think with Apple Care, you have to buy it within a month or a year. I think no, I think you can buy it in the first year, but you had to take your Mac in to be checked out and make sure it was cool and stuff like that. But yeah, so I think Apple Care month payment plan is a is a pretty decent thing, especially if you were like on the iPhone payment payment plan, right? You wouldn't want to fork out the two hundred and fifty bucks or whatever it is like to support your your device, right? And of course, I've always said Apple Care has the Apple since it's Apple covering the product is one of the best product warranties in the world. All right. And then I guess one you got one more thing here, Jaime, about the uh, the AR. Yeah, if if we weren't you know filled to the brim, satiated with um, all of these different wonderful things we can buy, let's talk about something we can't buy because they haven't announced <laughs> yet. But uh, there's this Verge article that sort of talks about a little bit of the history and links more distinctly to Stephen Trout and Smith's tweets about the iOS 13 GM comes with a readme file for how employees can run stereo AR apps on an iPhone when they don't have access to the headset. Mm. So there's a, a thing called Starboard or Starboard. I don't know. Starboard would be the direct, you know, the direction, but they spelled it with a capital B. So Starboard or Starboard is a system for stereo AR enabled apps. There's a, a readme here about launching the app with various kinds of um, launch parameters and how you can see different things. So mm-hmm. definitely a lot, a lot of smoke here. A lot of smoke here that they were working on an that AR That seems like device. a huge mistake that they let that file go out, huh? Enormous mistake. I, I don't understand how something like that I mean, leaks back out. Back in the day, somebody would have gotten fired for that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's interesting, though, that Steve Stratton Smith is always taking apart his toys, right? Because he's, he's constantly finding these things inside the... But this uh, is just in the iOS 13 beta or the GM. No, the GM. Yeah, the GM. This is in the Gold yeah. Master. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, I installed on my phone just before we started the call. Oh. I, I'm getting out of the, be- the beta cycle. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's cool. Yeah, because we were talking about that that uh, headset, and last week, Alexis was was pondering why Apple is getting into this this market. Right? Apple. There's a side note here. Apple's one terabyte iPad Pro just got two hundred dollars cheaper. Do they have a two a one terabyte option for storage? I guess they do. Eh, one terabyte of storage. That's crazy. I guess so. I don't I don't remember that, but I guess it must be true. Wow. We keep all the things on there. You would need. You wouldn't need uh, iCloud. You could back it back itself up on there. Um, all right, that wouldn't work, by the way, folks. All right, and we can do we talk about the uh, HomePod, Tommy. Very briefly, so right. the uh, the beloved okay. HomePod getting some new features this fall. So mm-hmm. you'll be able to hand off a phone call song or podcast, hint hint, from your iPhone or iPad to the HomePod. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'll be able to listen to live radio stations by asking for for one. Uh, the ambient sounds thing, the you know, fall asleep, white noise sort of thing of ocean waves, forest birds, rainstorms, etc. 
and multi-user support so that if you or your spouse or your kids ask for info, it'll be personalized towards who you are. Hmm. Yeah. And this is the HomePod 1.0? I think it's just software updates as far as I understand. Wow. Interesting. All right. All right. Let's get into our picks for this week. So um, do you want to go first or I go first? Uh, you can go first. Yours is, yours is in line. Yeah. So I was uh, poking around. I got a, a, a like or something like that or a comment from um, somebody on Twitter. And his name is Mohammed Gibaji. Um, and uh, yeah, so I, I, I just I followed his, his thread and uh, noticed he, he writes for Medium and stuff like that. And so what's interesting for those of us, you know, our listeners who whose uh, original language or mother tongue maybe Francais, uh, he writes uh, Swift pieces or Swift tutorials in French for people to um, learn about the new things. And so when he's talking in this one particular one about reduce and filter, and uh, another piece that I have linked here in the show notes is about map and flat map, but written in French as a sort of uh, how-to step-by-step uh, tutorial, which is kind of cool. So if you're uh, not an English speaker per se, but you're listening to our podcast, and of course we, we thank you for that. Merci beaucoup and all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, these are these are kind of cool. So just uh, uh, <laughs> Mark Nujapal Francais. Okay, Mark, the dommage. Um, but all right, but and then the how could I have written that if I didn't actually speak? You probably uh, googled it. I don't no, know. No, I actually uh, do. I actually do speak a little bit French. On peu, on petit peu. Yeah, I always say on peu. Anyway, um, my other piece here is a friend of the show and friend of mine, Marvin. Friend of the show, Marvin Tartarov has started a new couple of things. One, he's got a, a new open source combine. Uh, Slack channel. Um, I wasn't sure if he was making that public, but he's tweeted out about it. So if you're interested in Combine and you want to chat with the people who are involved in Combine, you know, like uh, people like uh, Fondy Caesar are on there, and a bunch of other people that uh, that I've met, uh, Dave Coons on it, I believe. Um, so you can join that. But the reason what I've got here linked in here is he started a new sort of uh, page called Try Combine, and he's he's taking what he'd learned from um, what do you call the uh, what's the What's the other name for it? React? No, not React. RX Swift. R- yeah, the RX Swift stuff, and because uh, he'd done a bunch of posts on that, and he's he's um, writing them out now in more towards uh, comb- combine, and uh, he's uh, like this first one here is on subscribe on and receive versus receive on, and explaining the difference between the two of them. So if you're looking for some more in depth information about uh, the, the things that surround combine, uh, this is the place to go. So yeah, kind of cool stuff. I don't know if you guys had a look at it briefly or not. That one's in English. By the way, for those who are driving at home, and those are my two picks. What do you got for us, Jaime? Let's see. Well, the the first one is the uh, Apple event in two minutes. So you've listened to us talk for the last uh, hour and a half or so about this very thing. But if you wanted to see for yourself, because podcasting is an audio medium, and if you wanted to see what exactly does that green or lilac or other things look like, uh, you can watch the Apple itself. So traditionally, people like The Verge or Engadget and other companies. Have created a you know watch the keynote in 15 minutes. Apple is uh, Sherlocked them as well and has created on its own YouTube channel the Apple event in two minutes. If you wanted to sort of get the highlights, um, oh, this is from Apple. Huh. This is from from Apple. Wow, isn't, right. isn't that interesting that they they would do it on their own thing? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, 
The next one is Microsoft the Musical. This is one that was passing around uh, this past week. This is a 10-minute musical by interns over at Microsoft. I, I thought it was actually pretty well done. You know, you would think like student stuff and, and otherwise, you know, and, and ostensibly, you know, jokey stuff about the corporation is actually pretty pretty well produced. I was quite impressed with that. It's interesting because it, that they would do something artistic like that, especially when Steve Jobs used to say they had no taste. It's a, it's a whole new ball game for them. <laughs> <laughs> New, new, Microsoft, new Microsoft, yes. New Microsoft, yeah. yeah. Um, and this last one is from uh, paulboxley.com. This is near and dear to my heart. So this mm-hmm. is for those of us who need an education on the difference between UK and United States keyboards, mm-hmm. Mac keyboards. As I was, uh, I was at the conference, I was in a workshop and I was paired up with, uh, as mentioned before, longtime patron and friend of the show, Sean Marston. And when it was my turn to type, I was having the most awful time thinking that I was doing something wrong. I was like, what's going on here? Why Why are my basic movements not working? Well, it turns out there are some very important differences. For example, where we have the uh, back tick and tilde button, they have this weird plus minus and double S button. Hmm. But that wasn't what really tripped me up. What really tripped me up was the um, return key is a completely different shape than ours. Yeah. And uh, it, even though it's not highlighted in these images, uh, the left shift key is half the width. And that's where they've decided to put their, their back tick and tilt. Oh, interesting. Yeah. It was it, very confusing to me. As yeah. you can imagine, I kept trying to shift and, and typing back ticks. Like, what? And I'm like, all right, I want to go to a new line. No, I'm hitting the uh, the backslash. I'm like, what's going on? And I looked down. I was like, wait a minute. This keyboard is different. Why is it different? We have the same glyphs in our two languages. Yeah. Well, it's interesting, too, because we have a similar problem here in Canada because there's a French keyboard and an English keyboard. So you can get them, like you can imagine buying a Mac Pro or something like that with it. You can't change the keyboard. Um, and it has similar shaped, um, that's a European style of return key, in, but the French keyboard in Canada also has that. And um, you have all the different accents and stuff like that. They're in different places in the English keyboard as they are in the French. And when my wife and I went to Spain to do something for the Olympics back in 91, we, they wouldn't let our Macs into the countries, but Apple was uh, managing, they were they were the computer of choice for the Barcelona Olympics, and they lent us some computers to work on, and the keyboards were in Spanish. So that you can imagine the the fun time that went, you know, the frolicking time that we had with those, right? So you know, because trying to produce something in you know middle of the night and you're not being able to type, yeah, it can be a challenge. So, yeah, there is there is the U.S. keyboard and there's all the other keyboards as well. I mean, so the Canadian thing you talked about makes sense because having to support French means that you, yeah. you do have literal different glyphs but between american english and uk english if you'd asked me mm-hmm. like a week ago hey lopez what are the differences between the two if any i'm like well you know being snarky i'd probably say maybe there's like an extra u in there you know so in case you wear out one you can use the other one as a backup yeah otherwise well, i would have guessed they'd be completely identical so i'm doing i'm doing air quotes here but our keyboards are are the u.s extended keyboard that we have in canada like in for in english-speaking canada and um, so our keyboards is the same as yours right um but yeah so it's so it's kind Kind of confusing if you like if you ordered the wrong part or you bought something off of eBay or whatever. Here you might you gotta make you gotta read the, read the tin right to make sure you get the right one. But I'm surprised though. Like, isn't Spanish a huge part of America? I mean, it's not officially in a second language, but isn't a huge part of the population Spanish speaking in the United States? Yes, I mean, sure, but it's 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 still a, a minority, and it's not as if there are uh, language law requirements that would yeah, enforce yeah. something like 
that. So, Tim, do your keyboards have specially reinforced U keys because of all the extra? <laughs> <laughs> all these uh, superfluous U's that they've got. No, but we have, we have overdeveloped right index fingers from having to, you know, strain to reach up to the U letter mm-hmm. instead of, you know, above the J there, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we have all the same U's as, as they use in the UK. So that's one of the things we have in common with them, notwithstanding their crazy pronunciation of words. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I guess that's it for another week. So, hey, hi, man. If people want to get in touch with you, where would they find you? I'm on Twitter as at Dev with the Hair. And Mark, where would people find Mark you? Mark R at smapsoft.com. All right. My name is Tim Mitra, T-I-M-M-I-T-R-A on the Twitter machine is where you'll find me. So until next time, we'll say bye-bye. Bye. 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 If you want to find out more about the podcast or see the episode show notes, visit the More Than Just Code website at mtjc.fm. You can get in touch with us on the website or follow us on Twitter at mtjc underscore podcast. If you have feedback or questions, send us a tweet with the hashtag AskMTJC. If you like the show, please consider recommending us to a friend, writing a review on iTunes, or pledging any amount at patreon.com slash mtjc. You can find details on how to help us out on our website at mtjc.fm slash sponsor us. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. colors do you have on your pop-up card now? It is just blue now because I just switched over to the new month for me. Yeah. Mm. Uh, it was a whole bunch of different colors. Let me see. Yeah. Uh, can I see previous months? No. I guess for this month, I've got orange, blue, purple, and green. Oh, I don't have green or blue. What do they signify? Uh, blue is transportation. Green is travel. I see. So last oh, month, I if I, I do have some green. If I could see it somehow, last month was hella green because I bought my airplane. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, not airplane tickets. I bought my, um, paid for my hotel stuff with the Apple card. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've got orange, oh, purple. Good. I do have a little bit of green actually. Oh, and, and a little bit of red. Wait, you paid for, or you always, you always pay off your stuff on your credit card, right? How many were saying? So I no do. And it was hella annoying that when I went to go hella pay, annoying. hella okay. annoying, All extra right. annoying there that I could not pay the entirety of the balance. Only what I had charged up during the month, I think. And even now, what? now my maximum payment is $36 and 68 cents, but I can see, that my balance is eighty six dollars and twenty four cents. We need this like fifty bucks posted that you can't hasn't been isn't there yet. Or yeah, what? I guess to be fair, at least twenty one dollars of that is pending. But you know what? I I want to be zero. Is it a Mastercard? It deal? is. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, but I don't know if you guys saw the other day that I I, I, was, I went to look for something in my wallet and and it said, oh, apply for Apple Card. Now I went, what? So I clicked on it and went through the whole process and you get up to the point where you put your address in and that's where they that you kind of fall flat on your face because if you don't have a state or yeah. properly formatted 
good postal code, right? But yeah, like why? Like I don't know why. I, I guess because my phone is probably set to region, um, you know, uh, U.S. or something, right? Tim, you're always testing the the edges of their their test cases. We've got yeah. like ten Apple IDs, family subscription. So so I have a button that mm-hmm. says Pay Early. Mm-hmm. If you tap on that, it brings up this little ring thing. You can close your ring and pay after full balance. It looks like mm, not for me. If I close the full ring, which is what I did before, mm-hmm. I paid off. Uh, it goes up. It says maximum payment. Your total balance includes pending transactions. Your remaining balance can be paid once transactions have been processed. Oh, they haven't been processed yet. Oh, that's why. Yeah, it was like oh, oh I paid okay. off the first month, and I'm like, I like to go into zero. Just let me pay it all. And I thought, oh, show keypad. Aha, that's the secret. Nope, it literally okay. does yeah, not let so, you go. So over. it's it's not that it doesn't let you pay the current month. It just doesn't let you pay stuff that hasn't been cleared yet. So it usually mm, takes a day or two to clear. I found. Yeah, I guess I guess so because Bank of America will gladly take my money no matter how much <laughs> I put in there. So <laughs> kind of got used to that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, like they won't. Yeah, that's true. They, I guess they they don't want you to like build up a, a credit or something like that or something. Is um yeah, you're right. Like if you pay like an extra five hundred bucks on your credit card, they're happy to take the money. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And, so and try and get it out. If you try and reverse it out, they charge you for uh, cash interest or whatever. I've I've been dinged with that many times. Mm. Like I make a payment, an accidental payment on the wrong card. Yeah. Yeah. I have since learned. I've since learned to call the bank and say, "Oh, hey, I made the mistake." And then because if you get them to reverse it, it's uh, they don't charge you the daily interest or whatever. Mm. So yeah, a couple of my cards have like have this long running, you know, five dollar daily interest charge or whatever. It's like you know, really, you have to. Call, you know, it's funny. You have to call the bank whenever there's like. Because I have one card that I pay off religiously, like like you, Jaime, right? And and uh, I used to use it for business, and and you know, of course, you don't want to calculate interest into your business, right? Um, but you know, I would occasionally they, I would like be a day late or something like that, or an hour late or a minute late, and they would charge me interest. And uh, you know, when I was buying lots of Macs, it, that, the interest would hurt, right? Mm. And um, you know, you'd have to call the bank and go, "Look, I paid the thing off. Can you just reverse it?" And I did. I probably had to do about three or four times in the in the five or six years that I was selling Macs, you know, because hmm. it uh, gets painful. So, so there is one thing that I've discovered I don't like about the card. Overall, I, I love it, and, and I'm using it almost exclusively now. Uh, but there is one thing mm-hmm. I don't like, and that is, even though, as we talked last week, even though you can download a PDF copy of your balance, or your statement, rather, uh, and see all your transactions, there is no way to export your transactions electronically so that you can import it into your favorite financial management tool. Yeah. And that's a real pain. If you have, you know, if you have 50 or so balances in a month or whatever, or not balances, uh, transactions in a month, then typing mm-hmm. all those in one by one is a real pain in the neck. So Do you I, I didn't take a look at the statement PDF. Is it pretty regular? Like, could somebody write a script that... It's just a PDF. Uh, well, I mean, I guess you could parse the PDF, I suppose. Yeah. Assuming it was pretty regular and not sort of all over the place. Yeah. I, did, I didn't look at the actual source code of the PDF. I just saw the actual, I just opened the actual PDF. By the way, I didn't mention I was on another podcast this week as well. You um, did mention that. Did I? Yeah. Oh, I mentioned it, but I didn't tell you what it was, sure. right? So it's called OK Production, and it's all about uh, efficiencies and stuff like that. And they were interested in my talk on brain development and, and how we learn and, you know, how to you know be nice to each other and stuff like that. And uh, so they had me on to talk about that. It was an inter- interesting different podcast style anyway. so And so, Jaime, tell us about iOS Dev UK. Is it all that in a bag of chips? It's a, it's a great conference. 
it's, it's probably roughly the same size as Code Mobile uh, mm-hmm. that I, I went to earlier this year. Mm-hmm. Um, big difference is that rather than being in Chester, UK, this is in, in uh, Aberystwyth. Well, how so do they compare like, to like 360i dev, for instance? Uh, significantly smaller because I'd say these are probably 100 to 150 people versus oh, okay. what's 360, like three to 400, I would guess. Mm, you're at 300, I think. Um, so are they single track, triple track? Uh, it's split. So it's single track for parts of the day and then multi-track, uh, uh, dual track for other parts of the day. Mm-hmm. And are they all specifically iOS or? Uh, Code Mobile was a mix of Android and iOS. Uh, iOS WK is just iOS, but that includes other things like, you know, server-side Swift, for example. Hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. So for, for me on my, my trip, I went into London and did touristy stuff for a few days saw, um, you know, the changing of the guard at Buckingham Palace, learned that um, they have legitimate guns, not, uh, you know, not uh, not parade guns, you know, mm-hmm. 1700s, you know, muskets or something. No, no, no. They had straight up modern military rifles, which surprised me. So they're, they're real guards. They're not, they're not just ceremonial. I just assumed they were like snipers hiding in the bushes and, mm-hmm. you know, Marines hiding with their, you know, their ghillie vests and stuff, uh, camouflaged. Um did the uh, the Harry Potter tour to see locations where they filmed or areas mm. that inspired J.K. Rowling. Saw the uh, Tower Bridge and the Tower of London. Went to do the uh, Jack the Ripper tour to sort of get a sense of like the the seedy underbelly historically of, of that area of the East End. Mm. Um, <laughs> did you go to the birthplace of Tim Mitra? No, I did not. That's that's way out there. It was like. I'd have to make a, a you know special pilgrimage to go is see that black or something. I don't know. <laughs> I know where the house is. Yeah. But yeah. Where? What city mm-hmm. is it? St Albans. It's like it's a north end of London. Oh, okay. yeah. Don't at me, people in London. I haven't been there since I was like three. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The um, the tube was you know the underground uh, subway is is pretty good. It's a little challenging because um, they don't have numbers on their stations, and sometimes even though I do speak English, they pronounce things like Gloucester and. Lester as something a little bit different than you might expect when you're reading mm, it. Mm. So sometimes I'd have to wait for a stop or two and say, am I hitting in the right direction? I'm not sure if I got on the right platform. Right. Oh, I see. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But that, um, that was built in, in Victorian times, wasn't it? The the, the tube? I believe it is the first old. underground subway system in the world, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I did, so did the touristy thing for a few days in, in London and then uh, took the, the train to Aberystwyth, which is where things went awry. Um, because there was, uh, and in fact, this is how I ended up meeting Sean Marston in, in person. Because mm-hmm. um, rather than uh, continuing on where I'd hoped, so changing trains in Birmingham to take the secondary train over to, to Aberystwyth, uh, we ended up stopping in Shrewsbury, also known as as Mark, as uh, sorry, as uh, Sean mentioned, as uh, Shrewsbury or Shrewsbury. But I'm going to say Shrewsbury because it's easier to guess how that might be spelled. Oh, the one in Massachusetts is definitely Shrewsbury with the R. Yeah, yeah. Um, the first R. Yeah. Shrewsbury. No, right? Shrew, Shrewsbury. It's, it's, oh, so, so even, uh, yeah, yeah, Shrewsbury. Shrewsbury. And I guess it's... Is what I'm going to go Yeah, with. I guess it's both R's in that case. That's interesting. Yeah. And, and of so course, there I was a... About the second R, Shrews, Shrewsbury. No, you wouldn't do that. Because <laughs> it's only after like an A or, or an E or an O that you'd leave out the R. Not after a U, I guess. Hmm. Interesting. Certainly not before a Y, in Massachusetts at least. Right. So, so we had to get off at this station 
because there was a freight train that had been blocking the track further north. And I might get some of the details wrong here. I really wish I had taken notes during here because the sequence is we're forced to get off on off of the train in Shrewsbury. They tell us, oh, another train is going to be coming. So train comes, we get on board, we being a whole bunch of iOS Dev UK people that I discovered, including uh, uh, Sean. And I reconnected with some folks like, you know, like uh, uh, Rob Whitaker, who had mentioned, you know, for the show, a link to his stuff uh, a week or two ago. And well, uh, we got on the train, and since I was a little paranoid, I asked, uh, so is this uh, is this train going to Aberystwyth? And they said, no, we're going south to Birmingham. And I said, oh, wait, wait, everybody, hold on. Maybe we're going the wrong way. And then the train announcement comes on. All right, you know, people who are currently on need to get off. The people who are heading to Birmingham and the people who are heading to Aberystwyth stay on. Um, and then after a while, I thought, no, no, no. Actually, if you're heading to Aberystwyth, you need to get back off, back onto the platform. And mind you, this is already after I'd already had to discover that like, I needed to be on the correct two out of four train cars on this one train because it, they do like a like an old west style you know like train robbery sort of thing where they split the train you know what i'm talking about halfway through yeah, so yeah. apparently like our train was going to split in twain and part of it go one direction part of it continue on um none of this listed in my 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 tickets mind you to join the train so we're there she's very sort of like just hanging around for a very long time wondering what the heck is going on there's no restroom at the uh, at the little station that we're, we're at uh so they have to leave the train there so we can use that as the restroom uh thankfully they also the the lady with the little trolley of of uh snacks and stuff who stayed there we were able to you know get some of those for you know free but we're there what turns out to be ultimately three hours waiting around <laughs> wondering what the heck is happening we had been told that these uh buses were going to come pick us up and two buses did in fact come however after they made the people that were on that bus get off they promptly told them to get right back on <laughs> And they took off and we're like, what in the world? Do we need to call like a cab or commandeer a vehicle somewhere? What in the hell is going on? Finally, we did get confirmation that the buses were coming to pick us up. They were going to take us not to Aberystwyth, but they're going to take us to another train stop called McCulloch. We got on the, tra- the buses. We stopped in McCulloch. Absolutely nobody gets off there. Well, the bus driver asks, oh, are you all going to Aberystwyth? We're like, yes. And if you can, please don't stop at the train station in Aberystwyth. Please just drop us off at the university because everybody's going there anyways. And three some hours later than we'd intended to, we uh, we showed up there. And it was it was quite the adventure. I, I can only imagine, like, it was pretty weird and stressful to me. And I know the language. Like, I could understand what in the world was going on. I can only imagine what would have happened if I didn't speak the language. But, you know, uh, misery loves company. And there was certainly a lot of good company that we had there to, to all chat and, and hang out with each other, connect before the, the conference, and then have this little uh, little adventure there. Yeah. But um, when it came to the, the conference, it was really pretty cool because it takes place at a university. So um, it's a little bit different than sort of normal presentation setup where normally I'm used to being on a stage and then sort of above the uh, the people watching and then sort of single level seating going all the way to the back. And in this case, it was the sort of like um, oh, auditorium. auditorium. Yeah. Sorry? Auditorium yeah, yeah. Seating, yeah. 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 So you have students in the like terraces and then in this case, the attendees and the terraces and you sitting in like the, the or standing in the professor sort of position, you're sort of 
casting your voice outwards, just mm-hmm. went upwards was interesting. And uh, the accommodations were really, really good too. Like I was surprised that these are student accommodations. It was like having like a little apartment to yourself and not a typical, typical dorm. You know, it's got its own um, sink and shower privately in there. Got a little mm-hmm. area to, you know, beyond just the closets. It also has like a little hanging, coat hanging area. And you can go on both sides, a little walkway of um, on both sides of the full size bed. Um, it was just really, really top notch facilities with the only downside in my particular case being that uh, I guess the students hadn't been there for a while. So on the first day, there were t- tons of little tiny little spiders just like up in the ceiling area that I had to go smash with my slippers. Um, which leads me to the second day that I was there where I had to battle Shalob from Lord of the Rings in order to make my way into the shower. Uh, <laughs> so after, after I smote this giant beast, I did notice that no further spiders came out. So perhaps that was the uh, the queen, so to speak, and the, the rest of them learned their lesson and scurried away. Hmm, funny. I guess you're afraid of spiders? I'm not really a big fan of spiders, no. Hmm, all right. Yeah. Well, say spiders eat mosquitoes i'm a big fan of of spiders (laughs) i think the uh the truce i have with spiders is as long as i don't see them they can live anywhere they yeah i'm kind of with you on that one ideally outside but things but i don't necessarily Mm -hmm. want to hang out with them really exactly and and so ideally that means outside but if they need to be inside they really need to be hidden and wait until i'm asleep to go do whatever it is you do but this this you know there's there's a spider oh you might have been saying exactly the same thing go ahead tim i was gonna say no there's there's a spider that that does our podcast with us every week too he just hangs out by the window above my mouth well that does tie into what i was gonna say so apparently wherever you are on the planet earth i guess unless you're on an ocean i suppose uh there is a spider within six feet of you really yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. oh you could be listening on the space station too well that's why i said on planet earth yeah but they might have spiders on the space station you don't know they just carried along arachnophobia style <laughs> they came from brazil they just you know, yeah they came, not everything can could have gone through the clean room right so true um Good. yeah it, it, it also you know kind of used to my neck of the woods and what sort of spiders we do and don't have here and i didn't know anything at all about wells uh, whales and uh, welsh spiders and i asked people say hey are any of them dangerous like no no, no there's there's nothing dangerous here so oh, hmm. cool so it's like the opposite of australia hmm. so no worries it was rather large I, in, in retrospect i probably should have gotten my iphone and taken a picture of it <laughs> like was it like a dock spider kind of thing you know what a dock spider is or like the size of a bigger than a quarter kind of thing bigger Big and black and hairy kind of thing uh, no, this was brownish, probably. Um, more of its body, or I should say, the the thorax was okay, but it, the the larger circumference was definitely you know, pretty long legs. Mm. Um, certainly, when I was getting ready to shower and in, in, in a more vulnerable moment, it seemed more like the size of a Volkswagen Beetle, but. <laughs> <laughs> Especially after the tiny little, you know, cute little babies that I'd smashed, uh, you know, in the ceiling. But, wow. Oh, interesting. Right. Yeah. According to animals.howstuffworks.com, it's actually within three feet really? for a spider. Actually, it says, depending on your source, some people say three feet or some people say six feet. Uh-oh, I feel like someone's the... saying it's a myth. Let's see. You are always within three feet of spider fact or fiction. Let's see. So I would guess that statement doesn't accommodate for, like, density of spiders. Yeah. 
So like maybe if you took like number of spiders and then, you know, land mass of the world and, and you just sort of peanut buttered them out. But there isn't just like but, one but spider. That tells you in, in some places, radius. there's a lot of spiders. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to stay away from that. Otherwise, we need the little like clicker sound from the movie Aliens. There's like three feet. No way, man. That's inside the room. You're exactly right. That is based on a classic paper by Turnbull in 1973. There are a series of estimates of spider densities and the lowest estimate is 0.64 spiders per square meter. The highest density was 842 spiders per square meter. In an, that's in an English pasture. Okay. Depends on where you are. So if, if you average all the estimates, you end up with an average of 130.8 spiders per square meter across around the world. Uh, so this guy, and this is arthro, arthropodicology.com, sounds pretty uh, expert to me, says mm-hmm. his conclusion is, so in most, quote, natural habitats, I think it is true that you're always within three feet of a spider. Mm. Well, that's interesting. There you go. <laughs> More than just code, yeah. folks. <laughs> Uh-huh. Yeah, and, and Apple's really leaning into the you know multi-camera setup when they're using their their iPhones in um, advertisements. So it, it really is going to trigger people who have that fear of spiders because it looks like spiders' eyes, or at the very least, oh. if you have the uh, trypophobia fear of you know holes, that is definitely going to trigger people. You know, I had never heard of that until you mentioned it earlier. So I looked it up. It's pretty amazing, actually. Who'd never have thought of that? People are afraid of yeah. holes. Yeah, yeah it, it's not just like a hole it's like a bunch of i don't know if it's if they all necessarily have to be the same shape relatively and same size but it when i was reading into it on like wikipedia or something it's like the hypothesis that a lot of things in nature that would have that sort of you know texture are dangerous to be around in some way so it seems to be a a carryover from the days of like you know stay away from things that can kill you Generally, okay. a good rule of thumb. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, oh, Tim, I also threw the "I have people skills" scene in the in the show notes right underneath my picks, so you guys can see uh, what I'm thinking about as I, I go into my new job. Oh, oh, yeah. Hmm. How many jobs have you had since we've been on this show? Let's see. We started in 2014, yeah. so that would be offer up. Yeah. Followed by Metabrite, followed by Simple, and now Jack Henry and Associates. Oh, so four. Okay. So the fourth like, one. Seem like more. Is anybody using Hired anymore? Uh, I tried it out this go around and uh, had some conversations, but uh, it seems like it's an okay service. It didn't seem like it was quite as um, premium a solution as it was before. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, it used to be they had the, uh, you know, hey, we're helping you polish your, your profile and, you know, figuring out what sort of uh, interest you're into and it seemed more like, yep, just another job site. Oh, yeah, yeah. Hmm. All right, well, on that note, I think we'll call it a day. What do you think? All right. Oh, next Tuesday is Steely Dan, Mountain Winery. Yep, but Wednesday is free. Yeah, I have a bunch of things coming up. I've got uh, Steve Hackett on the 20th. Mm-hmm. I've got Cheech and Chong on the Wait, 22nd. you can't have Steve Hackett on the 20th because I have Steve Hackett on. Oh, you have 20th of September. Mine's 20th of October. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And I have Cheech and Chong on the 22nd. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That should, that be, should be interesting. Yeah. Have you seen the one where he he uh, talks to a cop about being pulled over. Yeah. And he's, he's hot. He pulls over, he pulls his car over, and he's high. This is um, Tommy Chong. Mm-hmm. And uh, the cop pulls up beside him, and he's like, after he rolls out the window after a few minutes, he goes, you know, what do you want? Kind of thing. And, and, and he says, I don't know. He said, well, didn't you pull me over? And the cop goes, did I? <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, I'm just look at my calendar. I don't seem to have... Uh, I really hate this calendar app. So why can't they figure out a good calendar app? You can show... Steve Hackett. I got so 
something else coming up too. Oh, King Crimson is uh, this Saturday. You should go. It was awesome. I can't go. I sold my tickets already. I'm going to see a movie. Okay. Oh, the Toronto Film Festival is on this week, so I went to a bunch of movies for that. A good movie on uh, Monday. We had our uh, meetup yesterday. Taco. Anyway, yeah, let's uh, call it a day. All right. Talk to Night. you later. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Bye.